All right, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. See, yeah, see. <laughs> and yes, today we are getting a clue with Get a Clue, the eighth episode of season three, the 53rd episode of Robots in Disguise overall. Uh, first aired June 10th, 2017, uh, written by Matt Wayne, who this is the only second, this is the second of only two. Transformers episodes he wrote. Uh, he also wrote Armada, the episode of Transformers Prime, where the Decepticon ship becomes sentient. Oh, oh. huh. Oh. Interesting. But he has done a whole bunch of stuff. He uh, uh, worked on uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, Ben 10, uh, that Green Lantern cartoon. <gasps> I love that uh. Green Lantern cartoon. Uh, most recently, he apparently worked on a Usagi Yojimbo cartoon that I was not aware existed. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a pretty I, I new that one that I think out? is... Has it come out? That's a pretty new one that is either out soon or out already on Netflix, which I do not currently have a subscription for. Uh, it's oh, like a... Uh, it's not about alternate history, medieval thing. It's no, not it's the a... original Usagi Ujimbo from the comics. It's like the future or something. Yeah, it's so. it's an ancestor of Miyamoto Usagi. So, or descendant. Yeah, descendant. It's a descendant of the original character. So, yeah, that's that's a fun thing that I should probably have, be paying attention to even though I don't currently have a Netflix subscription. I'll resubscribe when we get another season of BotBots. <laughs> They're so good. It was so good. Uh, he apparently also wrote Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. Sure. It, is that the one where John Cena punches a rock? I There are a bunch of those Scooby-Doo wrestling yeah. crossovers. I believe there's one that's also, that also involves the Jetsons. That's what, so weird. Uh, 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 why? Yeah, apparently there there is... Oh, no, that, that's probably the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. Okay, that makes slightly more sense. Oh, uh, there's also Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery and the Jetsons and WWE Robo WrestleMania. I reject uh, all sure. of this. I'm just... That's no. Too much? I mean, I like it for the novelty... Dumb value, but eh. Anyway, this episode. Ah, uh, yes, this episode, which does not involve wrestling or Scooby Doo or the Jetsons. Good. But does involve the darkness in men's hearts. It does uh, involve detective work, which is kind yes. of adjacent mm. to Scooby Doo. This is true. But first, we start out with strong arm flexing mm. her abs. Oh my god, the well, well, her biceps. <laughs> yeah. The ever-constant, why does a robot need to exercise anyway, is always a little weird. But the strong arm in, like, muscle girl pose with, with like, a giant weight over her head. It's like, I know who this was for, but I don't know why the writers and animators put it in there intentionally. Was it me? Yeah, this is doing it for somebody. <laughs> uh -huh. Was it me? It was for... Okay, there's quite a few people. There, there, there's for some reason. I, I guess it's because of her basic design. A lot of people like to draw a strong arm with like tight abs, mm -hmm. muscles. K. 
Yeah, that sounds... Well, because she sort of has an ab design on her belly to begin with. I guess. It's just more accentuated in a lot of fan art. And she's all, like, law enforcement-y, and that tends to be adjacent Ooh. to fitness <laughs> culture sometimes. Oh, yeah, it's uh, as a heck of a start. God, strong arms, <laughs> so gay. I know she, See she's, also she's anytime when Blade is around. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know she's reminiscent of other time in the police academy. You know there was that guy who did sound effects with his mouth. There was a really tall guy. Uh, there was Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. I, oh, I got. I would have loved if she'd actually done something alluding to that. That would have been. She doesn't funny. quite. She talks mostly about like. Some drill instructor or whatever it is. Yeah, her, her well, her old uh, instructor, Drop Forge, and Drop Forging is a real thing, and we're going to see that guy later in the season. Okay, okay. It, it's it sounds very much like a Transformer E name, but it also sounds like that can't be a real thing. That's just two words wedged together. But apparently, it is. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Learn more about materials fabrication. Hmm. And, you know, it's it's about this time of the year that everybody at the academy were choosing, you know, their their crime solve their their you know their criminology major. Mm. You know, she could be on the bomb squad. She could do you know crisis negotiation. You know, public relations. But uh, so you know, she decides that you know, fix it is going to. How can I pick one? Everything looks so good. <laughs> So, yeah, she's, uh, you know, Fix-It is going to come up with a list of stuff, and she's going to, you know, pick one, and she's going to, you know, do some coursework. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh-oh. he's going to pull the list of majors from his records and let her pick one. Yes. But before they can do that, it's Decepticon time. They have to head out to a, Decept- to a uh, construction site. Where a, a some sort of mysterious Decepticon is is stalking the site. Yeah, the first silhouette we saw threw me off into thinking it was going to be a grasshopper. It does look like a weird bug or something. Yeah, but it turns out it it, it is something else <laughs> that we will get into. But whatever it was, it it ambushes Grimlock, so it totally like slashes his back, and then makes off with a whole bunch of explosives. Also, you could tell from the shadows that it is a burb. It's time for bird. Yes. Bird. Yeah, the second shadow we see is very, oh, that thing's got wings on it. There's definitely some, like, tail feather sort of robot mode stuff going on. Yes. Bird. So, of course, by the time they get there, the the perpetrator is gone, so are the explosives, and he's no longer showing up on their scans. I do. I will note that there there is a security guard on duty, but he is asleep. Yes. So this is not a fully automated weapons depot, but the security guard the, was the, asleep, which, as someone who has worked overnight shifts, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. So strong arm, you know, she's gonna have to take after her, her favorite instructor, Detective Dropforge. And she's gonna solve this crime. And that means occasionally she, shifting the 
the episode to black and white. Yes. And adopting an incredibly thick Chicago accent. She's so uh, okay, excited. She's like, is. she asks Bumblebee if we can do a, a full investigation, and Bumblebee's like, I mean, we we kind of were. We, we already that's are. What we're, that's what we're doing. And she's and then just she that, gives like, him, like the huge eyes. Big sparkle yeah. eyes. He's like, okay. <laughs> and she's just the case of the missing explosives. She just spends this entire episode sounding like Dennis Farina. It's great. Yeah, it was more <laughs> gangster voice than cop voice to me. Like, I, I assume Constance Zimmer was just somehow acquired, like, a, a, a deep dish Chicago pizza and was eating it in the recording studio <laughs> to properly master this accent. Yes. <laughs> just, just drinking shot after it's shot horrible. of Malort. <laughs> oh, no, oh, not oh, Malort. Oh, no. <laughs> I, that, that is one of those drinks I've heard about so much, and I know I'm never going to go anywhere near, because everything <laughs> about it just sounds <laughs> utterly disgusting. So yeah, she is on the case. The case of the missing explosives. <laughs> dun dun. Could have used a better title. Yeah, it's fine. It, it would be nice if, like, there was also a music cue change when it went to black and white instead of just her voice and the black and white. Like, just lean more into, oh, we're doing a noir gag. Yeah, so she, she's taking pictures. Indeed, she finds that there's some auto paint on a nearby tree. Mm-hmm. And some tire tracks. Yeah. So, Which, so we admittedly, head back. everyone else is a little too dismissive of, because plenty of Decepticons have car modes with, with yes. tires. So yeah, we, we head back to the base. Uh, Fixit is still doing combiner experiments, by which I mean he has put Grimlock and Drift into, like... <laughs> Helmets that look like what Egon puts on Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> yes, have some. And, uh, like, strapped electromagnets to them or something. They, they end up fused He's... ass to ass. <laughs> but thankfully, only temporarily. Best. It's not the rest of the episode, because we've already done that. We did that <laughs> Once in Prime. Once in this show, and we did it in Prime. We did definitely did it in Prime. And it happened in animated. Yes. It's a plot that always works. I mean, no, it's like no, the old plot no, of like... Isn't. Well, it's usually like two guys handcuffed together. Yeah, yes. it's playing off the basic handcuffed together. It's just the, the magnetically glued together two robots. I feel like Transformers has done it too much over the last 20 years. Mm. Although, I don't think they ever did it in G1, which is surprising. No. no. Uh, Possibly because it would be too hard to animate. Yeah, well... It <laughs> in the comics <laughs> in the worst way. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. But yes. other than that incident, yes, it it wasn't a thing that happened. <sighs> maybe it maybe it happened once in the Unicron trilogy or something. And of course, there's that uh, choose your own adventure book where the opposite happens, and Windcharger accidentally tears the uh, Dinobots into uh, scrap metal. Those <laughs> choose your own adventure books were like traumatizing. <laughs> they were really upsetting. Listen, write a message to the Autobots. Oh, it wasn't good enough. It looks like the Earth is going to starve to death now. Yes. <laughs> like, it was... Those were those were not great. I read some of them as a kid, and I was just like, this is terrible. I hate it. 
I don't remember the choose your own adventure books. I remember some of the picture books like Oh, what's the, what was it? Like Grapple hangs out with the Insecticons. Well, it gets brainwashed. Oh yeah, that's uh, what is that? Insecticon something or other. It's got like I, really nice painterly art. Yeah, it's I, really nice. I have it in a box somewhere. I hope it hasn't been chewed up by bugs. I I definitely. I mean, I ended up collecting the Find Your Fate books when I was a little older and hanging out in used bookstores and or working in used bookstores a lot, but. As a kid, I checked a couple out of the library one time, and I was like, this is depressing. (laughs) You just do something that seems like it should be the right answer, and everyone dies horribly, and it's really upsetting, and I don't care for these. I'm not checking out anymore. I'm going to go back to reading Nancy Drew. So, uh, Strongarm is, uh, she says, locate this car. And so, of course, she needs to conduct an interrogation, but she can't do that as a giant robot. So it's Denny and Russell time. Yes. Oh, hey, Denny and Russell are still here. Yes. Yay! So, so, the, so they find the stager no, I, who. I I do want to point out that they mentioned that the car had wet paint, and you should absolutely not be driving a car with wet paint. And if no, anybody, no. if it auto shop tries to send you home in a car with wet paint, you should not do that auto shop. Yeah, no. Again, it's that's bad. I mean, this guy kind of seems like he might have driven home with a wet car. Yeah, it's also he, entirely he possible that dumb. the auto shop in question here was just like his buddy with some spray cans, so. Yes. But it was like listed online where like if the wet paint is still wet and you're driving home, that feels very, very sketchy. That is something you should not put on paperwork. It's not <laughs> reputable. Anyway, well, you know, this- Russell and Denny get to help out. Yeah, and you know this guy. You know he's he's a teenage boy, and you know he. I was just uh, you know hanging out with my girlfriend. We were not doing anything. <laughs> yes. Also, they don't even bother with disguises. Nope. They just show up in their well, regular because they're not cops. They're just insurance. Yes. So. Ignore Adjusters. our cop car. Our talking cop car. Yes. Because at some point she butts in, and that's all. That's their supervisor. Supervisor Str- Armstrong. Of the of insurance the, place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, th- this is and isn't more of a logical place for eight-year-old intern to be. <laughs> like, at least he's not wearing a mustache pretending to be a military officer this time. <laughs> Look, this guy is too busy making sure that they they are aware that he was not doing anything inappropriate with his girlfriend in the car. So he's got his own problems. Yes. He's got his own distractions. But indeed, it turns out that he did overhear. Somebody did spook him, and he heard them talking about shinies and how this was step one. Yes, they're going to get the best shinies on the planet. Yes. Oh, man, I want the best shinies on the planet. Mm, shinies. So Strider is going to track this perp down, but uh, sorry, humans. He, he just, like, drops them off. He says, what if we promise not to squish? <laughs> she started calling him. I've noticed that it seems to be increasingly common in this show to call humans squishies. Yes. Like, yeah. I feel like they didn't start out with that so much. But but she says no squishies are allowed on, on this part of the mission. And they say, what if we promise not to squish? I, I, I think that came up once in Prime. 
I generally prefer good uh, good fleshlings. Yeah, yeah. Fle- I well, I kind of prefer flesh slug, although it's more disgusting. Yeah. But it's, it's very much a Decepticon thing to say. So anyway, she, uh, when do we get to the fireworks factory? We are indeed getting to the fireworks factory. Uh, so please ignore that Leslie Nielsen is out front telling people to disperse. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they, they, they get there, they've detected the Decepticons there, and then, indeed, they're under attack from fireworks. Yes. So this, Which, so this, like, like they're giant robots. I'm, they're surprisingly scared of little fireworks. I mean, okay, it makes sense. Like Grimlock is scared because he's a big scaredy cat. But like I'm most pro- fireworks aren't going to do that much damage to a Cybertronian. I would imagine. I assume these are like professional grade fireworks, not like but still, stuff like, you get from Fingerless Pete's backyard boomatorium. <laughs> yes, but like professional is even better because they're more designed for to show off the light. Not for the pure explosion value. I mean, they have to be pretty explosive, though. If you're gonna, well, yes, there's gunpowder. Yeah, to involved. send the fragments yeah. off as far as as they do. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's it's like a little well, the equivalent of like a little gas explosion. It's more for the effect of the explosion than the concussive value. Mm. So anyway, this the Decepticon comes out. He. Uh, he gets away in the confusion, and Strongarm somehow arrests Bumblebee instead. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Cloud and stuff. It's funny. Incompetent cop. And then, yeah, you know, the, and the, the Fix-It tries to widen his, sign- his uh, scans to find out where this thing is, and it's just popping in and out all over the place, as if it can teleport. Yes, but uh, Fix-It keeps saying laterally. Yes. And it's it's very obvious like where this episode is going. Latter like But I do really like this gag of them transforming to vehicle mode and then fix it being like signal lost and them turning back to robot mode and them being like, No wait, I picked it up, it's over in this other area. They all turn back to car mode. That's a, that's a good visual gag with transforming and, and overexerting your transformation cock, but it it, it feels like it feels like a more rescue bots thing that, like, oh, we're so used to dealing with ground things, we're not thinking, oh, yes, so many Decepticons fly. But the thing is, not a lot of the Decepticons on the show do fly. I know, but we we have still had a few. We've There was the Bat, um, Filch. Right. Um, well, I guess Starscream. Yeah, Starscream. Uh, there was the Bee Lady. Mm-hmm. All of the insects, basically. No, I mean, a lot of the insects are just like the, ground insects. Not the well, beetles. Beetles, beetles fly. I think most of them were beetles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. Well, there were beetles, the, and there was also a scorpion. Yeah, the, okay, yes. there was the, the the two leader bugs. They were both beetles. One was ladybug, one was like a Hercules or something. Right. Um, Did Chop, Chop Shop was a beetle, right? He could fly. No, he was, no, he was like spiders. Oh, oh, he's spiders. Oh. Like G1 Chop Shop oh, is Oh, yeah, I guess he was spiders. And then okay. Kickback couldn't fly either, even though he was a grasshopper. Well, grasshoppers don't fly very far. Well, because his alt mode was a car, but he should be able to hop so fucking far, it seems like <laughs> flying. Most of, yeah, Steeljaw's crew was pretty much all ground-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, most of the ones they have dealt with have been ground-based, but they still have dra- dealt with air-based ones. The fact that they don't jump to, oh, wait, this is just a flying Decepticon is odd yes. in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
Admit, like, have they had a flying one this season yet? I know, because it's pretty much just been Stunticons this season. Yeah, okay, so... But still, it's like Decepticons fly, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we head back to the base, trying, trying to figure everything out, and... You know, the obvious next target is the Crown City Armory. It is because... Sure? I mean... If they're getting explosives and stuff. Also, why does Crown City have an armory? That is Crown another City has good everything. question. I guess that's true. Crown City does have everything. And we do know there's some local military bases. Except yeah. whatever they needed to go to West Rock for previously. Yes. Although you don't tend to have like a military base in a city per se. I mean, you no. might in a small city. Maybe other life. Just think of like New York. Okay, you're going to have like ships docked. Yes. Well, no, not in New York. But to have a, an armory, well, it, it, it's a comparable city. I mean, it could be like San Francisco. San Francisco used to have uh, the Presidio, which was a military base. Mm-hmm. But isn't that like outside of the city? It's not like a. It's it's like part of the city. It's like on an island. Eh, I guess. Anyway, it's probably. I mean, I assume it's like a National Guard kind of thing, not like a yeah. full military. Mm. Mm, Not like probably. an actual federal military. Yeah, of, course, grumble, grumble. Yeah, of course, she thinks that's too obvious, but they go anyway. Mm. Come here, kiddo. Come on. So, you know, she's thinking, oh, well, you know, we. Come here, you know, we, he's, he's not coming here. We totally blew it. Cue huge explosion. Hmm. And Sideswipe is all, well, you know, you, you really, uh, really, really nailed it this time, Strongarm. Good job. But then they do find out, like, oh, maybe my, my calculation, my, my CSI profile was wrong because it's a bird. So yes, because it is like, indeed a crows. Crows are very smart. They are talking about how if he's a bird, then he's not smart. But crows are so smart, guys. They use tools. Yes. Yeah, it's very weird that they and turned... also wow, racist there, uh, strong arm. <laughs> well, yes, but that they made Corvicons, yeah, crow trend into the dumb ones. Like I, it is why? a little odd that they the Corvicons just seem to have closer to animal intelligence than most Decepticons do. Maybe mm. it's because if they had. The proportional intelligence of an actual Corvid, then they would be like way too smart, and you couldn't do anything. Yeah, it, like I guess maybe they're just going off like when we had Filch, and she was kind of a bird brain, but she wasn't a crow. She was. I was like, she was a Corvicon. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, the, the, uh, then it's even weirder that like why why crow dumb when crow smart. <laughs> Cybertron weird. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is Boostwing, uh, voiced by James Arnold Taylor. He's also Crazy Bolt. Mm-hmm. And perhaps best known as playing Obi-Wan Kenobi in a bunch of Star Wars cartoons. Oh, hello, oh really? There. Yes. So he, he does a pretty good Ewan McGregor. <laughs> nice. Well, he does a pretty good Ewan McGregor doing an Alec Guinness. You sneezing. You sneezing. Uh, he's also a Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank. Oh. And uh, Titus in Final Fantasy X. I, wait, I, I swear we've encountered him before somewhere then. Well, he's uh, he's also uh, Crazy Bolt on 
he's he's you know the the weird car lizard guy. I guess that yes. maybe that's it. I I just remember like Ratchet and Clank coming up somewhere before. That's when we talked about him before. Well, I think somebody else who we talked about earlier was perhaps Clank. But well, David K is one of them. Maybe he was an earlier Clank. Okay, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe there's multiple. I seem to recall that David K is like the second Clank. Anyway, so yeah, this guy is Boostwing, and unusually amongst Corvicons, he is a mastermind. <gasps> so yeah, so they have to catch this guy, and so Strongarm chases him, and she does the old Blues Brothers thing of using a, uh, like an unfinished overpass to, <laughs> as a ramp. Yes. Just, just like taking down an Illinois Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, because she does a complete and total common Rider kick. Yes. Like, it, it's a really good example. It's straight on. Usually, common Rider kicks are slightly to the side, but it's it. Like, jump off, flying kick, grind your opponent into the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, even though they haven't realized how he keeps evading... Uh their scans, and also they still don't know where all these explosives are. Uh, you know, they've decided, case closed. Bumblebee is ready to declare the case to be closed, even though that Strongarm says the clues don't add up. If the clues don't add up, the math is wrong. That's the end of that chapter, Strongarm. And if you wore a <laughs> scarf, you would like to put the scarf over his shoulder. Yes. But no, you know, Strongarm's going to, you know, go on patrol, kind of clear her head, and Russell is going to come with her, so she has somebody to talk to, and that she yeah. realized that Boostwing, you know, he must have been, not been working alone, which is how he's not in so many places at once. When he appears to disappear from the scans, he's actually flying above the scans, and then dipping back down, or turning up in another place, because it's a second guy. <gasps> yeah. done Because they... they completely dismiss teleportation because there would be particles or something, so we don't have a sky warp situation. Yes. Yes. Or a sky wasp situation. <laughs> so they are going to use this uh, these explosives to somehow get the greatest shinies of all. Which means, uh, my god, they're going to the book depository. They're going after President Kennedy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Sorry, It's the gold depository. Yes. Mm. Best shinies on the planet. Yep. Golden gems. So indeed she gets there, and they are being robbed by a second uh, Corvicon. Uh, this is Jack Nab. I really appreciate that when, when they see him and he's flying around and he goes like, ha ha, ho ho, he he. <laughs> yes. You got my brother, but you didn't get me. Oh, he's like one I of these rhyming little- guys. I was a little disappointed that he did not continue to be rhyming. He's just an occasional... He's like Blaster or Roadblock, where he's an occasional rhymer, but not like Wheelie. Yeah, because he, he does it a couple compulsive. more times, but not like every line. He's not a compulsive rhymer like Wheelie. No. He, he is a Jack and Ape. He is a jester. Yes. Yes. Wait, and, what uh, Jack and Ape memes? I have to look that up. And this is uh, Robin Atkin Downs. Who is also like a big, like he's he's a he's American or he's he lives in the states, but he's British, so he's always playing various British guys. Mm. Nice. 
looks like oh he apparently he was the voice and motion capture for Doomsday in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Okay, and okay. He, he's also one of the like ancient primes in Revenge of the Fallen, which makes this oh. now two weeks that we've talked about Revenge of the Fallen. Hmm. Uh, can I just never talk about Revenge of... I want to forget that Revenge of the Fallen happened. <laughs> uh, he was Mumra on that new Thundercats. Mm-hmm. The, like, serious new Thundercats or the silly new Thundercats? The serious new Thundercats. Okay. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, he's like he, he's like uh, Harris and Dula's dad on Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, he's he's in a ton of stuff. And uh, Google him, he has fantastic hair. Ooh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he's Jacknab, which definitely sounds like a guy who's like a weird rhyming guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. I mean, it's kind of a combination of Nab, which is a word for steel, and a Jackdaw, which is a kind of crow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a Corvid. A variety yes. of Corvid. Oh, now I'm having flashbacks to the kaiju movie we watched with the the Mastodon Monsterdon thing where they, they, it was some 50s one. I think it was Rodan. And they were explaining that reptiles are a kind of snake. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) That that is kind of a recurring thing in in the dub of some old kaiju movies. Like um, in uh, Gamera versus Gauss, they keep her caught referring to Gauss is a, like a bat despite the fact that he's a giant lizard. There's a whole thing about whether or not he's a bird. Which is... But I, I don't think that's quite as bad as saying that reptiles are a kind of snake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a reptile, which is a kind of snake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's... Jackdaws are a kind of corvid. Yes. So he ends up burying her in a bunch of gold bars, but she overloads her gun to blast her out of there. And so she's got him on the ropes, but oh, unfortunately, there are three of them. <gasps> and I like that she's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, th- that that is a nice twist on the obvious. I was like, oh, of course there's two of them. Oh, there's three. All right. <gasps> there is a third. This is Pilfer, who is also Robin Gacken Downs, and is... Kind of terrifying because he intends to steal uh, Strongarm's eyeballs. Yes, crows do love eyeballs. Well, after they get the gold, we take your eyes. So it's a crow thing to be pointlessly violent. Well, that also, is sometimes eyes specifically. They're yes. delicious. Eyeballs are delicious. Supposedly, the crows. But luckily, she has called for backup. So Strongarm just fills a net with gold bars and just knocks these two guys down and tells them they have the right to silent mode operation. <laughs> so, you know, she sort of, ex- she has a bit of a parlor scene here where she explains, you know, how uh, how she figured this all out. And so Sideswipe, who's been kind of telling her that he sucks, that she sucks all episode, kind of, you know, muttered something. Oh. And then she, with her powers of deduction, she's able to tell that he was going to apologize. <laughs> because she is the world's greatest detective and Grimlock is astonished at her skills 
And yeah, that is this. Ep- I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I, I always enjoy uh, strong arm episodes. Yes. I, I, uh, Constant Zimmer has a lot of fun in this one. Yeah, her, her like- Chicago accent ends up sounding more like a gangster, though. I love it. Well, That's I mean, good. That- it's a lot of strong arm. Starts off with her being swole. It has Corvacons <laughs> in it. This is probably my favorite episode of the season. <laughs> it's pandering specifically to me. It had a rider kick that that always wins points for me. It's got it's got buff ladies and it's got crows. Mm. Yes, this is all that I need in my life. It's got like a seeker team <laughs> worth of crows. Yes, it's got brothers. I love it when they're brothers. Wait, like just, like, like a love- Bob Seeger team? Did what? No, like like no. a star scream, a leader, a a thug, a sky. Oh, Seeker! A- sorry, yes, I think you said Seeger. I was thinking Bob Seeger. <laughs> no, a Seeker no. team. He's got a he's got a whole uh, got a whole silver bullet band of uh, crow robots. <laughs> no. Sure. Here I am. I'm a crow again. Here I am. Stealing gold. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes. <clears throat> this week on one, two, three, four, five, five man slow turtle ninja. Wait a minute, Nin- turtle ninjas. <laughs> When's this it- from? Uh, wait, actually, when is this series from? I, I forgot. 80-something? Uh, wait, no. Uh, oh, 90! Okay, then we're definitely... Then they definitely know what they're doing here. Uh, quite possibly, yes. <laughs> um, the, the mooks of this series, who I'm not sure I've seen in a few episodes, but it's been a while, um, are called Batzylers. Batzylers? It's, it's weird. Anyway, they, they're strange little little guys in black outfits with like sort of crab shell mask face things. They're not really crab themed, it's just like crab color. Anyway, they they have an ancient ninja village where they're training to be ninjas. Sure. Okay. For some reason. Like uh, they're, they're they're modified versions of the regular suits so they look like they're dressed as ninjas. Not like they're dressed as turtles. <laughs> Not Shells. the turtles yet. Okay, they're running through training courses, like like across ropes and bridges and climbing up things, like they're joining the army or some nonsense. And that's just the beginning of the episode. We just see them doing that, and and as it goes on, we learn that there's one particular one who's very clumsy and bad at ninjaing. Number three hundred and thirty nine. So he's the comic relief for the episode as he keeps fucking up and there's apparently one of the mooks went off into space and trained with galactic ninjas to become an actual monster of the week, not just a basic goon and has come back to join and train some of his little fellow bat batslers to become ninjas. I'm going to assume that was Ninjor. (laughs) The Power Rangers robot ninja guy who sounds like Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> well, in English, yes. He, he's also goofy in Japanese, just less... I don't know that Japan has an equivalent to Dudley Do-Right. 
probably something like that. Well, he, um, no, I guess probably that would be Zenigata from Lupin. Ah. Oh, yeah. he, he's not a Mountie, but he's he's very much the upstanding, I'm going to obey the laws kind of guy, except when, like, Lupin is trying to steal from somebody worse. Then I might look the other way for a couple minutes. <laughs> anyway, the, the, this trumped-up guy, who's a super cosmic ninja, is training these other guys, and number 339 keeps fucking everything up. And then the rangers show up, because they find their ninja training camp, because they'd heard rumors about it, and then they... Like... 339 like tries keeps starts trying to pump them up it's like oh we've been trained to be awesome ninjas so we can kick your ass so we can stop being the bottom rung of the evil empire we're gonna be super ninjas and then he attacks one of the rangers and immediately gets kicked in the face (laughs) and then then there's a big fight where everybody's going all out and stuff and and but uh, the rangers start winning so the, the mooks throw down traditional ninja smoke bombs to get away. Everyone does that. 339 smoke bomb does not go off. He picks it up again, throws it on the ground. Still doesn't work. The yellow ranger kicks him again. He lands on the smoke bomb and disappears. Oh. Because it explodes and throws him into the sky. Oh. Maybe don't do that. He's massive comically. Anyway, he runs away and goes back to the base and figures out, like, what the whole plan is. Like, okay, we're, we're going to teach you galaxy ninja magic to transform into various animals like a dog, a bunny, a snake and stuff, and a, a turtle. So you can sneak around and into military bases and spy and set bombs and all kinds of nonsense. This entire plan is to make the mooks way more effective and wipe out Japan. But 339, like, tries to do this, too, because all the other mooks are learning to be perfect transforming ninjas. But 339 fucks it up in that he just grows a ninja turtle shell. Like, his (laughs) arms and legs are just sticking out of what's basically a ninja turtle outfit. Sure. And and then he gets chased out because he's completely incompetent and, and the other ninjas are chasing him. And then they run into the rangers... And the rangers end up saving him from being murdered by his fellow mooks. <laughs> and and then he's like, okay, yeah, maybe I should help you so you don't kill me because everyone else is trying to kill me. I will lead you back to my secret base and show you what's going on there. And then they get trapped in a ninja maze in this village building. Because I, oh, I meant to look this up and I forgot to. I think there are, like, ninja tourist traps in Japan. Probably. As you would have, like, an old west town. I think they have, like, a ninja town. Well, I I know they have, like, ninja restaurants and things. That seems like it's a lot easier to do when the the culture that you're basing them on is not one that that you committed genocide against. Yeah, that does help. Well... They also have, like, cowboy towns in Japan, too. Yeah. At least I've I've seen them used a few times in various (laughs) tokusatsu shows. It's like, oh, now we're in an old west town for no reason, and everybody has a cowboy hat on. Aesthetic. Anyway, they're in this little ninja town, and they eventually do work their way around. And 339 saves the Yellow Ranger from being stabbed by a 
dagger trap that's in the the ninja maze and and then in the process like he's not dead dead but it's it sort of looks like maybe he's dead for a bit but anyway he he gets closer to yellow and it's like oh i just want to see your beautiful face before i die although he's not actually dying right now and somehow this allows him to transform into an exact copy of her sure like you can't transform into a turtle but could you okay. can transform into a person? Fine. Anyway, so so that that helps those two sneak into the basement and get to the the magic crystal that was helping them learn how to transform into bunnies and turtles and shit. And they destroy it. But in the process, the the second Yellow Ranger, who is just three hundred thirty nine, gets killed and is in pain and and says thank you for allowing me to learn love because that is how I transformed into you because I loved you that's a little creepy dude but whatever he's dying and he just fades away and yellow is sad and then swears revenge on kicking the rest of the ninja asses which they do it's rangers versus ninjas the whole village tourist trap is ruined and in the middle of... I think it's in the middle of the battle, but it's also at the very end of the episode. Remember last episode when I mentioned the five dolls of uh-huh. the five men? Mm-hmm. They are apparently a recurring Greek chorus. Okay. Because there was a cutaway to them cheering the rangers on, and then at the end of the episode, it's like, yay, it worked! And, and they, they survived! And it's like, are these how many episodes are these little puppets going to be in? filling up time. I mean, they're very cute. I am guessing they had to have been selling these plushes. Because if they weren't selling them after two episodes of focusing on them, and apparently more, that's madness. It's like, this is very much to sell toys, to sell plushes. Sell the toys. Sell the plushes. See if they're on, I was gonna say eBay, but I guess you'd probably want to look at, like, Mandarake. Yeah, Mandarake or um, uh, what's the other one? Yes, Asia. No, that's not it. Um, uh, the various sites that occasionally sell used stuff in Japan. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had to. I know they make plushes now of Rangers. I know, but Aww. this was 1990, so maybe they weren't doing that yet, or maybe they just started. I don't know. It, it, it's, they're very cute. They're just a little big for normal plush size. And now, now plushes are. Anyway, oh, and, and during the ro- giant robot fight, the, the rangers used nunchucks to fight the ninja monster of the week. Sure. Which is kind of fun. Like ninjas. But yet, th- this episode was about the comic relief sad tale of a failed ninja turtle. Aww. <laughs> uh, Alright, well that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, For the month of May, we have headed into the quantum realm to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, with a whole bunch of Kangs and some family stuff and some well, people who are legally distinct from Micronauts. 
Yeah, that was last month, and, and this and month might be out by now, maybe. June, mm. what are we... We don't even know what we're going to do for June I, yet, we do, do we? not know. I think there was, we're thinking about a lost media or a, a thing I realized I could find with an actor we have seen before. Okay. okay. I mean, we... I don't know if, if we'd want to uh, go back on our nothing currently in theaters thing and just do Rise of the Beasts, but... That is a thing that's going to be out, and I kind of have to... I don't know. I was going to say, I kind of have to assume that everybody's just going to see that in the theater if they even care, but... Yeah, Maybe when not. does that come out in the when in the month? Is it the beginning or the end? I beginning think it's the, the it's beginning like of the month. It's the first week, and then the second week is Spider Verse. Right. That, oh, oh, geez, that's going to be a busy month. Yeah, it's uh-huh. especially for me since I've decided that my local theater is dead to me. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, also, we're moving to Mastodon more than Twitter these days. Yes, we should put I... links to that on the website. Yes, uh, I am uh, running a server at Retro.Pizza. We've got a lot of fun people there, uh, and it is definitely open to more growing. we got room for more. Uh, That is Retro.Pizza, which is actually a valid URL that you can actually have now. because (laughs) (laughs) Because everything is crazy and wild on the internet now. Uh, so, yes, we have at Iacon Underground there. Uh, I am also there at at Trickster, T-R-I-X-T-E-R. I'm at Strange 4 on Retro Pizza. I post there a lot. Also, I post there on weekends. Also, make sure the hosting bill gets paid, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Discord, and yes. I, I, we have recently started... Well, we... I watch Tokusatsu, and, and it's an excuse to share it with other people. And we're really early in Kamen Rider V3 right now. <laughs> Along with other stuff we watch on weekends. Yay, Kamen Rider. All right, so... I feel like I'm forgetting something that I meant to mention last episode, too. I don't so, know. Yeah, so we'll be back next... Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. And in fact, things are going to be... Uh, I'm going to say it. Ultra Gear. <gasps> Team what? Gear? What? Is it going to be thematically appropriate for other things occurring in the franchise? Uh, I don't know about thematically appropriate, but uh, okay. let's just say we'll be, uh, we'll be hearing from an old friend. Nice. Nice. Always good to have some of that. Oh, what was the old guy? King Kong monkey fuck? Oh, the King Kong adventure <laughs> fuck. Oh, that was it. Yeah. That's great, because my sister was just asking, saying that my nephews want to know what kind of podcast I do, so I, I need to mm. drop some more explicit language for her to, have oh to deal with. Sorry. That's fine. They don't need to listen to us. We're filthy. They're like 10. They're like 11 and 7. They don't need to listen to us. We're filthy. Maybe our Rescue Bots episodes. Oh yeah, we, we we tend to be better on rescue bots usually. Well, we're not that bad. I just I'm from Jersey, so the the f word slips out way too easy. I've gotten a lot better now that I'm working a normal job and not just left to my own devices all day every day to just talk like a sailor. I try, but it just it just happens. All right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. 
And I'm David. I'm Good. covered in kittens. Oh my goodness, little bat. <laughs> <laughs>